chapter 14. Look over about eight, verse 18, we'll start this. Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. Yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit. In malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? But if ye all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophets speak, two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. If they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church in the assembly. What, came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, Covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. May the Lord ask blessings the reading of his word. Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. I think Paul had the gift of tongues. Uh, but yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Have any of you ever been in a meeting where they were speaking tongues? It is mass confusion. Mass confusion. I got up and walked out. Uh, I didn't bow my head to pray. 
How in the world do you pray in that mess? It was supposed to be a Baptist church. Yeah. Uh, down there in Knox County, when I went down there holding those services down there, and that salt gum Baptist church, I've never seen such a mess in my life. Uh, hooping and hollering and, and carrying on. Man. Anyway, uh, I preached on the judgment of God, the white throne judgment. Uh, but, man, what a mess they had. And I was in another, went, I went with Glenn Archer and Hollis Walter. I went with them to a church in West Virginia. It was a Baptist church, but they were starting speaking in tongues and all that stuff. I left. I don't, I, so I don't have to stay here for stuff. I just, you know, I'm not worried about offending anybody. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to go through all this. Anyway, it's nothing but mass confusion. This is when the gifts existed. Chapter 13 tells us that they'll be stopping. This is why they're still going on. And so the church at Corinth is abusing the gift of tongues. And those gifts were temporary They're for the reason that the Bible was not completed. They didn't have the scriptures. But he said, when that which is perfect, when that is finished, when it, when it has come, that which is in part will be done away with. Anyway, he says, verse 20, Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. Uh, malice. Evil spirit, evil attitude, evil, evil spirit. Uh, I don't, certainly not a computer man. Not me. Uh, but I hear this about malware. You know what that is? Malware. Huh? Harmful, bad, see? Mal. Yeah, and malice. They're all the same vein there. So he said, in uh, malice be ye children. Well, with your temper, with your anger, Kids get over it. That's why you don't generally want to get involved in kids' arguments. You know, and they're getting too bad, you do. But uh, kids can be mad at each other, and ten minutes later, they're best buddies. They're they're over it, right? Am I am I telling the truth there? So he says, "Let's be children." You, you you flare up, you got to get over it, like kids do. I not hear you. <laughs> I said, get over it. But now in understanding, 
We don't want to be children because children have a rough time with things. They're just learning. They don't understand. In understanding, let's be adults. Now, let's be understanding. Let's be adults in understanding. If we're going to act like kids, let's do it with our malice and just get over it. There you go. You you see what I'm saying? Or I'm not saying it. The Lord's saying it. All right. Uh, Verse 21. And the law is written with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak in this people. Yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Well, that was in the Old Testament. Isaiah. I think chapter 28. But anyway, that's what's going on now. He's telling us that's, that's fulfilled, being fulfilled here. So wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe. Those that believe don't have to have a sign. But to them that believe not. Now, prophesying serves not for them that believe not. You're not going to teach them the doctrines and all. But for them which believe, prophesying is teaching. If therefore the whole church, the whole assembly, be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, <laughs> and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? <laughs> Crazy. Well, yeah. And I don't know how people come into those kinds of services, and unless they're just, they're schooled for that, woo, did we have a big time. Everybody was up hooping and hollering, and we just had a great big time. But there wasn't anything at all that they learned. They couldn't learn anything out of that. Couldn't get anything out of that. It's just confusion. Amen. Have you ever been in a group when one man leads in prayer and everybody voices praying too? That is nothing but confusion. I don't, I don't bow my head in something like that. And they don't stay long, I'll tell you that. I'm not remotely interested in going to something like that. Now listen, when you lead in prayer, I say, brother, lead us in prayer. I don't mean for you to lead yourself in prayer. I mean for you to lead us in prayer. And we're all to shut our mouths and join our hearts with you. Amen. And you are our spokesman. And so you don't say I, you say, you don't say me, you say we and us. So, because you're leading us in prayer. Now, if you're going to do yourself, talk, get in your prayer closet. Anyway, verse 24, but of all prophesying, there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he's judged of all. Well, once preaching, once uh, teaching, you might get something across there. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. Now I don't fully get into that verse. Uh, and so falling down on his face and worship God. 
report that God is in you of a truth. I'm going to wait for Paul to tell me more about that verse. Because I don't know a whole lot about that verse. I think I know, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I think he's just talking about a lost man coming to some truths. I think that's what he's talking about. All right. How is it then, brethren? He's talking to the brethren. When you come together and one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, well, that very well could be. But you can't just all ride along. Let all things be done unto edifying. You couldn't do that all at once. There's nothing wrong with any one of them. But you, you can't do it all at the same time. Well, when, you, when you're with a group, everybody wants to speak at the same time. And then nobody can hear anything. That's just not the way to do it. We ought to reserve. If I've got something to say, you all are kind to me, let me say it. Then I need to shut up and let you say what you've got to say. And all of us around like that. Not everybody run your mouth at the same time. Then it's not decent and it's not in order. Okay. Now here's some rules for speaking in tongues when the gift existed. It doesn't exist today. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three and that by course and let one interpret. All right. When you lay a course of brick, that's a whole row. Then you go to the next course. All right. Let it be by course. You got three that's got the gift and they're going to speak with an interpreter. If they don't have an interpreter, keep quiet. Obviously, the, the gift of tongues that these fellows have is not the language of everybody speaking. They got another another language. But the only way they can say that is that they've got an interpreter. And I've heard some of these guys say they're speaking in tongues and somebody gets in and gets up and interprets. And he says a bunch of stuff. And you know good and well he has no idea what he's talking about. Yes. Uh do you remember the movie? They show it every year, over and over again. That uh, uh, a Christmas story. The little boy that's the subject of that movie. And do you remember he went to the mailbox every day, looking for his secret, super duper, code breaker. Finally one day he gets it. 
And so he runs to the bathroom and locks the door. His little brother trying to get in can't. Only one bathroom. And so he sits down and he gets this cold thing out. He had to use up several things of Ovaltine. Anybody ever drink Ovaltine? He had to drink up several cartons of them or whatever so he could order this cold ring. Secret, super duper, cold breaking ring. So he gets over there and he yeah, he's going to find out a big secret. And when he gets done, he says, be sure and drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> you remember that? That is what this reminds me of. Somebody speaking in tongues, nobody understands him. And this dude stands up, I've got an interpretation. And when he gets done... It's about like that cold rain. <laughs> Be sure and drink your Ovaltine. That's all it said. As if the guy said something that nobody's ever heard before, and here we've got it now. That's what they do, though. They do it all the time. That's not what this is. Anyway, but he said you could only, you could only have three to a service. Now, that would eliminate most tongues meetings of itself. Second, he says... It's got to be by course. You can't have them all speaking at one time. One's got to do it and be done. And thirdly, you've got to have an interpreter. Okay? But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Nobody hears that. Nobody down here hears that. Now, even the prophets, let them speak two or three and let the other judge. But now you have to understand, they did not have, at this time, they did not have much, if any, of the New Testament. They had nothing to judge by. You understand what I'm saying? If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. Now, think about this in these services. You don't have the word of God. I mean, sometimes we may get a little bored. I don't think we really do here. But a lot of places they get bored with the reading of the word. Just read. They don't want to read all that much. Don't read that much. Well, they got problems. But we read the word of God. They couldn't do that. I don't know if they had any of the Old Testament or not. They might have had a bits and pieces of it, but they didn't have much of the Scripture at all. So they're dependent on what God gives somebody to stand up and speak. That's why it's in part. It's not complete. So, for you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn, all may be comforted. Well, learning and comfort is what the Scriptures do. For the child of God. And do it one by one. Not two at a time. You don't pray. Two people don't pray at the same time aloud. And two people don't preach at the same time aloud. Now look at this. Very important. Verse 32. 
And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That's extremely important. You watch on TV, I can't think of his name, but there's two or three of them that get break into speaking in tongues and and they couldn't help themselves. They were overcome and they couldn't help themselves. But see, that proves that they're liars because the spirit, now we've all got a spirit in us. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, meaning that you never get past Controlling yourself. You don't lose control. You hear that all the time. You heard it down there at Wilmore. They lose control. That's not what this says. The spirit of the prophet is subject. Subject means my spirit obeys me. My spirit doesn't control me. I control my spirit. Therefore, I control how I act. Especially in service. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Verse 33. For or because God is not the author of confusion. And when you let your... When you let yourself go, have no control over you, it ain't nothing but confusion. Confusion and trouble in any context, especially this. But God is the author of peace as in all churches of the saints. Assemblies of God's people. Churches. Now let your women keep silence in the churches. Speaking tongues, the majority of people that speak them are women. And I think that's his context, isn't it? For it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. Now we're talking about... Preaching the gospel, we're talking about teaching the word of God. And that's not what women do in a mixed congregation. They don't do that, and they don't usurp authority over the man. Now, I do not believe that the Bible teaches that women have to keep absolute silence in the church. I don't believe it. Number one, because doesn't the Bible say that with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And does that exclude women? No, it doesn't. Whoever is saved must confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, if you don't have a voice, that'd be a little different. But all of my life, and it used to be right here, 
Any woman that came before the church in confession of salvation, I or somebody else had to speak for them. They weren't allowed to confess. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you believe he's the Son of God? You can speak, but I can't speak. That's not what the Bible says. For with the heart man believeth, and with mouth confession is made. That hit me. I said, I've never heard a woman confess the Lord. That can't be right. Amen. So, and then I said, well, silence, if that means absolute silence, why do we have women singing? When you're singing, it's not silent, dear. Ladies, when you're singing, that's not silence. Oh, well, that's different. Really? I mean, is it absolute silence or not? I don't believe, I know it's not. Or else you let a woman get up and sing a special, but she can't tell you what song she's going to sing. But then she can sing the song. Isn't that breaking silence? So it either is or it isn't. I say the truth of it is, it is not absolute silence. Uh, so maybe they won't call me a heretic over that. But I'm honest with what I see in the scriptures. All right. Verse 36. What? <laughs> Came the word of God out from you? Or came it unto you only? With what they're doing, did you originate this? Or were you the only ones that was given to it? That was given to? That's kind of a little put down, really. You think you're the only ones? <laughs> well, if you remember what he said back in chapter 11, well, if any man be contentious, we have no such custom Neither the churches of God. If you're still going to argue with me over the head covering, uh, check the churches around, see what they're doing. That, that won't work so well in our world today because there's so few that actually stand for what the Bible teaches. Very few. Uh, few and far between. But that wasn't the case back then. All right, so. Verse 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Ooh. <laughs> Boy, that's pretty, pretty straightforward there. And you know, there's a whole lot of people. A whole lot. Oh, that's just that old Paul writing. Mm, yeah, a whole lot of them, especially in the holiness groups. Paul says, if you think yourself a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that what I'm speaking to you are the commandments of God. Uh, yes, I believe that the red letter scriptures are inspired. But I also believe the black letter ones. Amen. Every 
Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And one is not more inspired than the other. Now, if somebody argues with Paul, they do that over this issue, women's issue. They do it over tongues. And they also, they do it over the Lord's Supper. Uh, They do it over divorce and remarriage. Well, that's just Paul speaking. Now, wait a minute. When I read what Paul says, and you say, but Jesus said, what you just did right there, you don't have to go any further. You just pitted Paul and Jesus, you made them enemies, opposing each other. I believe Paul spoke the word of God. I know Jesus spoke the word of God. So did Paul. So did John. So did Mark. When they're writing scripture, it's all inspired of God. You cannot pit Jesus against Paul. Not from the scriptures. Now there might have been things that Paul said not under inspiration. I wouldn't defend that for a minute. But I can't defend that because I don't know about that. But what I can defend is what Paul wrote and what is authoritative scripture. And it does not contradict anything Jesus said. And when you've got a contradiction, you've got a problem in yourself, not in the scriptures. All right, so. Verse 38. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. If he insists on being ignorant, let him be ignorant. Because he's not going to learn anyway. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. Now, covet, thou shalt not covet. He's not talking about sinful coveting. There are some things that we ought to covet. And this is one of them. Uh, It's not some material thing that's going to aggrandize you. Things that are going to honor the Lord enable you to honor the Lord even better and be more useful in the ministry. These things you ought to covet. Covet to prophesy, to teach. Aren't we here to teach others? Well, I'm not a teacher. Well, maybe not in a classroom situation. But in your own sphere, your own life, you ought to be a teacher of other people. You ought to be able to help others. Uh, That's the whole thing that that, uh, Creation Museum Uh, Answers in Genesis that they talk about. To enable us to defend the truth. And enable others to understand. We don't want to kick people in the teeth. But if people have a serious question on the word of God. We want to take time and help them with it. And that's why we must... Study to show ourselves approved unto God that we might be able to to 
give an answer of the hope, the reason of the hope that lies within us. So, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Now, I would forbid to speak with tongues today because I know that tongues don't exist today. The gift of tongues. I mean, I mean, every one of you could stick your tongue out, couldn't you? So I know tongues do exist. But not the gift of tongues. Of speaking a language that you've never learned. Rose, you didn't just automatically come into English, did you? You had to learn it. A little rough going. It's bad language to learn, isn't it? Hard language to learn. But... It'd been easy if God just opened your head and poured it in there. But you got to study it. And that's where you learn any language. And that's why I don't know, I don't understand people that, that uh, have gone to school and learned a language and all that. They still come up with this tongue stuff. Uh, like I told you, you find all of them in language schools. Anyway, forbid not to speak with tongues. When the gift existed, forbid not to speak tongues. But now he said tongues will cease. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. He's not talking about us dying. He's talking about the gift of tongues ceasing. All right. And then his final word is, let all things be done decently and in order. If you go into a service and it's chaos, God's not there. If there's division, God's not there. Paul said, I perceive that there's heresy there. If there's division there. So, we've got our marching orders. Chapter uh, 12, 13, and 14 is all about spiritual gifts. Chapter 12 tells you, number one, that any one of these gifts was not proof that one was saved. He started off saying, no man speaking by the Spirit can say that Jesus is Lord. So he's talking about the gift of tongues that came on the day of Pentecost. Then he outlines those gifts. But then in 13 he tells us the best gifts, faith, hope, and charity, and love is the one that remains throughout all eternity. But then he talks about the temporalness of the gifts, that they're not going to last forever. And the thing that's going to, going to stop them is after the New Testament is completed. The Bible's complete. And then in chapter 14, they had an obligation when they had the gifts to use them according to the word of God. All right, let's stand.